Everyone has their own favorite movie, and that is something that should be celebrated. Uh, no matter who you are, you have that one film that you, you, you can sit down and watch and just feel comfort or nostalgia or whatever it is. And, and I think that's really cool because what comforts people is different from person to person. So many people, you know, some people like to be comforted and, and escape by, by turning their brains on and, and thinking about complex dramas and narratives and, and uh, really deep writing, you know, and, and exploring characters and things like that. And, and sometimes uh, to, to escape from reality, you just gotta watch some cars go really fast and really furious. And that is the movie we're talking about today, 2001's The Fast and the Furious. Uh, I talked about it with my really good friend, Alex White. Um, and honestly, we had a really good discussion about what it all means and, and what family really means. Like, can you choose your family? And when you choose your family, like, how do you bond with them after you, you know, you, you, you spend time with them. And so we talked a lot about that, um, which fit perfectly into the theme of the Fast and the Furious. Um, you know, besides all of the uh, exploding cars that are, that are going super fast and racing each other. So get ready for that and more on this episode of Movie Night with Tyler Marston. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, how is, how's your day been? My day has been good. I haven't had much to do, so I've been spending a lot of time uh, studying and reviewing for a test. That's good. That's good. You know, uh, now we just came back from spring break, which was great. That's right. Uh, and so now it's all like finals mode. And it's like, I feel right now it's like the calm before the storm. Like I was telling you a little bit ago how like I don't have like a whole lot of work to do this week. But, like, the work that I do have to do is, like, like big projects and stuff. And I feel like that's just going to get more and more uh, added on to as we go out from here to yeah. the end of the semester. I completely understand. I've okay. got one quiz this week, and I just see the test looming in the distance. And yeah. I'm trying to prepare for it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's going to be uh, we'll, we'll we'll get through it, though. We'll get through it. That's right. Uh, so, Alex, what is your favorite movie? I would have to say my favorite movie is The Fast and the Furious. Yes. It is the Fast in the series. Yeah, and that's an important distinction because The Fast and the Furious and Fast and Furious are two different movies. Yes, and Too Fast, Too Furious is another... Yeah. And they just keep changing the name. Yeah, and and Fast Five and Furious Seven and The Fate of the Furious. Right. Uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift... Yes. Do you happen to know, is that one Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, or is it The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? I believe it's just Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, but Tokyo it really Drift. falls after movie seven. It's mm. not supposed to be movie three. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, the, the order is weird, too. It is. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even, though, even though it was the third one right. released. Yeah. Uh, all that being said, the first, The Fast and the Furious, released in 2001... Starring Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, That's right. Michelle Rodriguez, yes, and Ja Rule. That's right. Yeah, he makes an appearance. He does make an appearance. Uh, can you could you get give me an overview of the plot? Just a general what happens in this movie. All right. So we have an undercover cop 
Paul Walker is playing Brian Spillnell, who is really Brian O'Connell. Uh, and his job is to try to figure out who is roughing up some truckers uh, on the highway. There are three uh, blacked out Honda Civics that are causing some disturbance, stealing trucks uh, so they can get some money for their illegal street racing. And Brian is on the hunt trying to figure out who in the illegal uh, street racing is in charge of uh, this endeavor. And so he goes through and he goes really, really close with a certain group of racers. And you're just going to watch the rest of the movie to figure out what happens. Mm. Very, yeah, good uh, good ending on, on no spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to that though, if if we want if we want to talk about that, but uh, yeah, he he comes to Vin Diesel, uh, who's playing Dominic Toretto. That's right. Uh, who's got his own gang of racers, uh, and and he starts befriending all of them, especially mm -hmm. Dom's sister. That's right. Mia, I believe is her name. Mia, that's correct. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, so lots of stuff that happens there. Uh, so. Speaking of Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, Ja Rule, uh, all of these, you know, brilliant actors are in this movie. Uh, who do you think gives the best performance Ooh. out of all of these characters? Uh, so this is the first in the series, and so there is a lot of cringy lines, but they've become cultural. Uh, but, uh... Perhaps the best performance is Mia. I've been mm. I was really uh after watching the movie for like the third or fourth time this decade. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long I watched it. But uh she uh her tears in her eyes but not running down her face mm -hmm. uh in the moments where she's uh mad but also in need of help. Uh, at the person they're mad at, uh, and her just uh, screen movement, uh, always uh, playing the part even when she's not the main focus. Uh, really great performance. Mm -hmm. I I think I would have to say my personal favorite. So obviously Paul Walker and Vin Diesel carry the movie like it's their baby. Yes. Like their chemistry is really at the heart of like what the movie is. So obviously both of those two do a great job. But I do also think uh, that Letty, played by Michelle Rodriguez, I, th I think that she did a really good job. Because, uh, you know, she's playing, like, the typical, like, you know, cool, bad, hot girl, you know. Right. Yes. But I feel like she does it in a way that's uh, different than, like, a lot of other people who, who do that. I don't know. Something about her performance in that role felt really authentic but good performances all around like i said paul walker and vin diesel their chemistry is like at the heart of the movie so obviously they're great uh vin, D vin diesel in particular was really good i felt it yes uh what do you think about the cinematography all right the fast and the furious uh in the fast and the furious they have a lot of moving shots there's not a lot of uh steady shots this is true. Uh, there's a lot of motion mm -hmm. uh even if the uh even if the conversation is standing in the uh in the center of a room, the camera shots still look like they're being handheld 
they still have movement as if they're trying to push the plot forward even in the slow sections. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed watching it. I, I agree with that. Uh, I don't know how many times there was like, even just in establishing shots, just like of the city skyline, right. they started off like on a car, like panned up to, to the city skyline or something. I remember there, there was a shot like that. Or like, you know, just really quick pans across the skyline or... You know, even even really simple things like establishing shots, they try to do with a lot of motion, uh, and you know, keep the blood pumping, keep audiences, you know, right on the edge of their seat the whole time. You know, right, because the whole storyline is there's a uh, it's adrenaline run, yeah, uh, and so they keep the plot moving at all times as if to keep your blood pumping and that adrenaline going as you mm -hmm. go through the story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, obviously, we can talk about performances, we can talk about cinematography, we can talk about writing, we can talk about all of those things, but at the end of the day, we're watching The Fast and the Furious, That's right. and the star of this movie is not Paul Walker or Vin Diesel, it's no. the stunts. That's correct. And, and the cars, and the cool things that the stunts and the cars, and the action, and the explosions, everything, all of that. Yes, let's, so. let's talk about that. All right. What do you think about it? Hmm. Uh, I think the cause in the movie really kicked off car culture, uh, in the United States. Uh, it, I mean, even just like the 2005 cause movie had a whole lot of throwbacks, uh, to the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Uh, we see, uh, the Supra, Toyota Supra, which is one of the main vehicles in the movie, is now one of the most well-known and established cars in America. Uh, as well as the Skyline and the Evo. Uh, these are just great cars, and the stunts included kicked off their whole uh, franchise. Uh, and we've had uh, other companies like Drive and Need for Speed try to come up with movies to uh, get some of that money, but mm -hmm. they're just not doing it as well as Fast and Furious did. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. You know, you talk about how uh, the, the stunts in this movie versus, like, Driver Need for Speed. It's very, uh, like, a product of its time. It's right. very early 2000s, 2001, late 90s kind of thing. Yes. Um, so how, like, what were stunts before this like, and how have we seen stunts change after The Fast and the Furious? How do you think? Hmm. Stunts during The Fast and Furious, uh, all either centered around driving or around explosions, uh, which really appealed to uh, some male audiences. Uh, but from here on out, we see other actions, uh, including like um, other people and even just like uh, an interaction, even if there's no physical contact, just an uh, interaction, they still make that... Uh, almost as if it's an action sequence. Mm. And I think that uh, the only action sequences were added in with the plot, uh, but since then the action parts have become a part of the plot. Mm. So it's really flowed a lot better since. Yeah, that's good. I'll, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I know another thing that we've seen recently is like this reliance on you know CG to make everything right. more you know, the exaggerated and everything because you can't do the things that, you know, 
Iron Man does without right, it, yeah. right? Uh, but something that is cool that you talked about while we were watching the movie was that like all of these stunts were like actually done. Like when they drive a car underneath a 18-wheeler semi-truck, right. like they're actually driving that under the Yeah. Truck. And it's really cool to think about that. Uh, they had, I think, over 150 stunt people, uh, including uh, drivers of their own cars in the film, uh, so that it would be an authentic-looking uh, film. Uh, even, like, uh, fight scenes or whatever was actually mostly between the two people playing the parts. Like, when uh, Vin, uh, when Vince and... Brian were having the fist fight just at the start of the movie. That's actually them two fighting. Uh, even though there was choreography beforehand, whenever they walked into that scene, they're like, "This isn't walking," and so they really did throw punches in that scene to make it legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, very authentic, um, like you said. Um, I think another thing how it compares to like older stunts is like uh, I feel like while the fast and the furious i don't necessarily think they invented like the quick edit kind of thing right like they definitely like used it a lot in this movie uh there are so many edits like everywhere all the time like cutting from one shot to another like back and forth back and forth back and forth all the way throughout the movie especially in the action scenes um and i think that's another thing that you can like attribute to fast and the furious when you watch like a marvel movie today you see all those quick edits and you're right. like oh yeah those were made, like, famous by the Fast and the Furious kind of thing. Because if you go back and you watch, like, Indiana Jones... Right, there's like, not a lot. There's, you know, like, the action pieces and, like, action scenes are fantastic. I think they're some of the best action scenes in, like, the history of cinema. But, you know, they are not as fast-paced or as quick-edited as those Fast and the Furious ones. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you have any criticisms of the movie? You know, because no movie is perfect. Is there right. anything that you wish you, you could change about the movie to make it just a little bit better? So, I wish that more physics were involved. Mm. Uh, which, uh, it's an amazing scene. But at the start, there's a quarter-mile race uh, where Brian's trying to uh, get respect in the underground racing uh, department. And... A quarter mile race, if you ever watched it uh, at drag strips, normally lasts somewhere between 9 seconds and 14 seconds. In this scene, as they're driving, reaching speeds over 150 miles per hour, which Bugattis can't do, and uh, even last almost two minutes of screen time, which is just impossible. Mm -hmm. But it's a great scene, and I don't really <laughs> want to change it, but I do wish that those physics were more... Uh, involved in the creation of these films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I thought about that too. Because I mean, it's it's simple math, really. But if you're if you're driving at 120 miles an hour, that's two miles every minute. Right. You're driving for two minutes. That's four miles that you've driven, not a quarter of a mile, like they say <laughs> in the movie. But uh, you know, maybe maybe that was intentional because it feels like two minutes worth of time. Right. But maybe it doesn't. Also, because I've never street raced. Before. I. <laughs> Uh, not on record have I street raced, <laughs> but, uh, it does seem to last a little bit longer, but those, which I drive trucks, so those 30 seconds felt like about a minute, not, not 
10 times or 20 yeah. times as long as it should, mm-hmm. but maybe just twice. Yeah, gotcha. So that's all great about the movie, The Fast and the Furious. But let's talk about your uh, special connection with the movie. So do you have like a story of the first time you watched the movie? Uh, actually, a call back to... Uh, what I mentioned earlier, whenever I was five, the Cars movie came out, uh, and that was probably my favorite movie. I watched it all the time, I knew most of the lyrics, uh, to the songs, uh, I knew most of the lines, I knew all of the characters, and then one day I got mature enough that my dad was like, hey, you want to see, like, this movie? or whatever, want to see The Fast and the Furious, uh, because it's a lot like Cars. And so that's the first time I watched it. It was whenever I uh, reached an age where I would understand that street racing is not okay, but it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, And that's probably my first experience with The Fast and Furious franchise. Very cool. You obviously, we, I mean, just as we're talking, you, you, you're, you're flexing your knowledge about cars a little bit because I am clueless. Like, I have no idea anything about anything. Do you think that enhances uh, your experience with the movie? Yes, I do think that having a knowledge about cars, I'm not saying, like, a deep knowledge like some people do, uh, but I do enjoy learning about cars. Uh, one of the lines in the movie is uh, granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. Neither of those terms exist. <laughs> They're both completely fake, just made up for the movie. I don't know what either one of them is, uh, but it's good to know, like, car stuff, like whenever they're talking about, uh, like, a hole in the head or whatever. It's talking about a hole in the engine head and the mm-hmm. head of the engine block. Um which is good context to know, but it's not needed for the movie. It's not needed to enjoy the movie. It just adds something else. Just like whenever you learn background context to like a Star Wars movie or to a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering that because, like, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of like car lingo that they use in the movie, and I was really honestly wondering is like, am I just stupid, or like, is it are these real terms, or is this like? made to be like complex car stuff you know like like what do you what, what's your perspective on that so uh just like any time that they have a uh smart person on screen <laughs> with a not so smart person on screen uh-huh. they make things sound more elaborate than they really are yeah yeah, yeah. that's true uh and so they do use big car terms all these sciencey terms uh but it can be explained on a second grade level. Mm-hmm. So it's not saying like rocket science, but they're making it sound like rocket science so that the average viewer would be like, yeah, yeah. whoa, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, did you understand those car lingo terms whenever they do that? Uh, not all of them. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to learn more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a constant endeavor. Uh, but I do... Uh, Fast and Furious franchise is what sparked my joy in learning about cars, uh, and like learning what a turbo is and uh, how they're used and why they make things go faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this basic car knowledge that I didn't have before 
is now available because of Fast and Furious. Mm. So, aside from all the cars, uh, why do you think you like the movie so much? I think I like the movie uh, because it has a great soundtrack. Uh, it's a lot of upbeat. Uh, has hip hop and rap in it uh, with some true rappers. Uh, later on, we see uh, like Mr. Worldwide uh, Pitbull himself show up. We also see uh, Iggy Azalea show up in Fast Iggy Seven. Iggy Azalea's in. I think I think she's in seven or eight. Wow, uh, <laughs> I did not know that. But uh, like these stars keep popping up, and Ludacris even shows up, and he's from like yeah, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and I think he's still gonna be in uh, Fast Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love that, and I also love the uh, the interaction between the people on stage because like. The relationships that were portrayed on screen actually existed in real life as well. Uh, like, the dating really happened, and that friendship uh, that was in the movie lasted outside of the movie. Vin Diesel's child that he had, uh, his daughter, within one of the movies, it named Pauline after Paul Walker, mm -hmm. his uh, late found best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's part of the reason why I love the franchise is because of that relationship between the characters up on stage. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, like, as Vin Diesel says, it's family. Family's family. Family's family. It's all, it's all about family. Uh, how, how do you think, do you have any special connections, any other special connections? I mean, we've talked about several of them, but... Uh, my mom is a teacher and so whenever she would have to walk on days that I was out of school me and my dad would always watch movies together mm. and uh, Fast and Furious franchise was one of the movies that we were able to watch more than once and so that we would always have commentary during and after watching it and uh, I think that really helped out in that uh, bonding yeah that's good um I feel like I was talking about this with Choi in her episode, but uh, it's like whenever you watch a movie with somebody, you like there's several times when you go back and watch that movie later, you remember like watching it with those people, and so it makes you think of those people, you know, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, you know, but like it's just really interesting to see the tie that we create to like other people through this shared experience of enjoying art together. Um, so I think that's really cool. Uh, so going back a little bit to the movie itself, we're going to talk a little bit about what is it all about? When you walk away from the movie, what are you thinking about? Uh, frankly, driving fast. Mm. And uh, furious. And furious. <laughs> uh, I, I think about, uh, the stunts that were done. And I try to think about how they're done because I like learning that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I also uh, think about like the cars that they drive and uh, what to do to get me a car like one of those, uh, like a Lexus hmm, 400, I think, uh, is a fairly cheap car, but it has a great motor in it, a reliable motor, uh, and has great top speed. 
And just like that kind of stuff, I also think about uh, how I can not only view the movie, but I can also feel like I'm a part of the movie when mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I know uh, after leaving uh, the movie theater watching Solo, mm -hmm. uh, I turned on the uh, the Star Wars score while I was driving home, and I felt like I was flying the Millennium Falcon for a second, and I was like, this is so much fun. It's so, like, it's so much fun to just, like, you know, just close your eyes and imagine, like, being a part, being of, a part of that movie, universe, you know? Like, even if it's, like, childish and stupid yeah like, you know it is like it's so great uh so we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit into spoiler territory now so if you haven't seen the first the fast and the furious uh don't keep listening but at the end of the movie we see brian is presented with a choice he can get his promotion at the police station and turn in dom and the gang who have been revealed as as the the culprits uh, stealing this stuff from these truckers, uh, or he can decide to be loyal to his newfound friends, um, and, and not turn them in and not be a snitch. Uh, and he decides to not turn them in. Why do you think he does that? Uh, family, to be family. fair. <laughs> uh, because, uh, so Brian is stuck with this dilemma. He could either, uh, have that big promotion and be a detective like he's wanted to be, uh, like he's on that fast track to be, uh, pun intended. Uh, he's, uh, in good relationship with the FBI and with the police, and, uh, this is his big break. But also, uh, then... And uh, Vince and all of these people and Letty and Mia uh, and Jess even uh, were just great family members to Brian. They took him in even though he was new to the underground racing world. Mm -hmm. He was brought into their house and treated as if they were always there. Yeah. And so uh, I think... The family component was big, but also there might have been something a little bit selfish uh, within Brian of wanting to stay with Mia, mm -hmm. uh, being Vin Diesel's or being Dom's uh, little sister. Uh, there might have been something like, hey, I gotta be cool with him so that I can be cool with her. Yeah. But I really think it came down to... Uh, that new family that he has made and created mm -hmm. through this underground racing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what do you think that says about the overall message that like the director wants you to walk away with? I think the director uh, is not only trying to make a movie that was memorable to watch, uh, but also something that you can always look back on uh, in love. Mm -hmm. uh, because, I mean, even when uh, Mia found out that Brian was a liar and that he is a cop, she still found the love in her heart to trust him so that they can go save Vince as he's hanging off the side of a truck with the mm -hmm. shotgun blast to the ribs. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that uh, the director was really given this uh, love, uh, casting this love that um, only true family members can take. So, and one of the lines in the movie is, uh, you can choose family, so who is it? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that really drives the plot of the movie. Yeah, and and like we were talking about earlier, how, you know, by by watching the movie with other people, like, you know, it strengthens the bond you have with that other person. Uh, and, and so whether that's your dad, so it's like your actual family, or like your friends, like, you know, like, at the end of the day, you know, you have love for all these people and you're, you're strengthening that bond by watching the movie and and creating a new family while watching a movie about Brian creating his new family, you know? Right. So it's it's pretty sweet the way that works out too. And I think that's another like aspect of it that the that they really wanted to drive home. Um so all this talk about family and you can choose your family, who is it? Do, do you do you agree with the 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 notion that you can choose your family? Uh, so I really debate about this a lot. Uh, I can't figure out because in my family, uh, in my blood family, blood is a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, like I am the last descendant of the two families that lead into my genes hmm. and so like in my head uh or real close descendant but i feel a lot of pressure in that area because i am the last person mm -hmm. but also there's some people in my family that are like my uncles or first cousins that i'm not close to at all and i feel a much closer bond to the people that i go to college with yeah. Um, and so I'm constantly debating that within myself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it, it is a, an interesting question. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously, obviously I think like you can choose, like if you're defining family as like the people you're closest to, obviously you choose that. And like, will some of those people probably be your blood family? Like, yeah, I mean, I know, at least for me, they are. You know, like, I'm really close with my family. Right. I know you are, too. Um, and so it's it's interesting. But, like, also, like, you know, like, you have to be able to choose parts of your family because, like, what is, like, marriage? Right. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's the same thing. That is choosing who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you know? Um and and I think maybe maybe there's no legal basis to it, but like being able to choose like your brothers or or your sisters or whoever you you have really good friend bonds with, you know, um, I I think that's also just as important um, as blood siblings blood siblings too. Um, so yeah, so I I I would say yes, you can choose your family. All, all of this to say that. Yes. <laughs> all of this to say yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's the Fast and the Furious. Uh, thank you for sitting down to talk with me well, about it, Alex. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good time uh, talking about this movie. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to say 
uh, to anyone perhaps listening? Uh, yeah, sure. The Fast and the Furious franchise uh, might be a lot of fast calls and a lot of uh, hot goals and a lot of uh, appealing to the male fantasy uh, in those aspects. But it is a it is a love story and just like any good movie is a love story it is it's a love between the people on stage and the people between the cars and the uh, and the director towards his audience it's a true love story in and out and all the way through mm -hmm. uh, and I think that uh, there are some really good lessons that we can learn outside of calls mm. yeah i agree uh because honestly you know i i had never watched the fast and the furious before uh we watched it because it just had never really like been like a thing that i wanted to watch you know right but now that i've seen it i can appreciate it more and i can you know take new experiences from it uh so thank you for showing it to me well thank you for watching it with me yeah i really enjoyed that bonding that we had to I got to experience. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, once again, thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Uh, see you. See you next time. So there you have it. That is 2001's The Fast and the Furious. Uh, like I said in the interview, uh, not something that I would just go out of my way to watch, you know? And, and I think that's a recurring theme on the podcast is that, like, uh, th these are not movies that I would, you know, necessarily choose to sit down and watch just by myself kind of thing. But honestly, I'm really glad that I've done this experiment uh, because it's introduced me to a lot of new movies that I never would have watched, you know, by myself. Um on my own accord or anything like that. Uh, so once again, thanks to Alex for showing me this movie because honestly, it was a good time. And now every time I think about The Fast and the Furious, I'm going to think about my friend Alex White. Uh, but yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, it's a good time. Uh, you know, rest in peace to Paul Walker. Uh, he did great in the movie. Vin Diesel, again, great performance. Um and, and even though there's not a lot of, you know, highbrow uh, auteur filmmaking or anything like that, like, it's still a great, enjoyable time, and it's one of the best movies where you can just, like, sit down, turn your brain off, and just enjoy the, the flashy lights of the cars that's going on, you know. Um, good time. But that's going to do it for this episode of Movie Night with Tyler Marston. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time when we sit down to talk about a very, very incredibly goofy movie uh, with my friend Max Stevens, and that will be The Goofy Movie. Uh, so see you then. Thanks for listening. Movie Night was produced, hosted, edited, all of that by me, Tyler Marston. Thank you to Alex White for being a great guest. Movie Night is made in association with the School of Media and Journalism 
and the audio production 2 class at Arkansas State University.